Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Excitable Boy podcast. The date is Wednesday, the 28th of January, and it's my birthday tomorrow. Is you it? Know that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to be your friend, I didn't know. Thank you very much. Really? It's my birthday in 24 hours, and you had no idea. Um, we have a guest on the show this week. We have uh, stand-up comedian Alex Edelman. Edelman. First mistake. What the fuck? No, that's not a mistake. It is a mistake. It's an ink that I'm English. Yes, yeah, so what? So we pronounce it Edelman. No, you don't. You pronounce an E as an A. Joining us on the show this week, we have stand-up comedian Alex Edelman. Um, that's much better. What's going on, man? Nothing much. I mean, just in town for uh, just in town for a few weeks. You might want to get a bit closer to the mic because we have no money for to give. We can't give you your own mic. Do you Wait, want to move the chair around? So am I not getting paid for this shit? <laughs> no, you're getting nothing. <laughs> Wait, just pull it, spin it around so we all sit. Can I just sit, sit on the fucking couch? Why don't you just join me on the sofa? We'll spin it around so we're couch. sat in a nice triangle. All right, all right, You're fine. You're like sat like Dustin Shit, Hoffman all in right, Rain Man. Fucking, I, you know what? <laughs> I've actually been compared to him several times. Yeah, you are. There's a little bit of a Rain Manny vibe. Dustin yeah, no yeah, Rain Man. No Dustin Hoffman. Anyway, uh, Alex Edelman. Is Edelman. Here this week. Edelman. What's going on? You're no. like hot shit now. Uh, I don't know how you quantify that. Or well, okay, okay, that. I'll tell you how I quantify it. Uh, every year they give away one prize at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which used to be the Perrier Award, now it's the Foster's Comedy Award. Yeah. Is that what it's called? You yeah, won that this year. The previous winners, Tim Minchin, yeah. Stephen Fry, mm-hmm. yeah. Steve Coogan, yeah. uh, Sarah McMillan, McMillican, McMillican, Sarah McMillan, who else has won it in the past? Lens. Harry Hill. Harry Hill. Do you care about Harry Hill? Yeah. Al Murray. Um, let's see. Does that else. not fucking freak you out? It blows my goddamn mind. But does it make you feel like you're awesome, or does it scare the shit it out of you? It scares the shit out of me, yeah. man, of course, because there are a million guys who you can't name, right, who won that award? You think? I don't know. I mean, but it's only been going for... Name, we yeah. already just named, like, 10. 1983. They pro- is, so they've been doing it for 20... I think 1983. Years, I think years. Stephen Fry... Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie and Emma Thompson won it the first year. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson gave it to them on stage after their show. They were in the Footlights. So the Footlights got it the first year. Wow. And then in the early 90s, they split it up. It's actually two awards Did now. Eddie Izzard win it? Izzard was nominated in 92 or 91 and didn't win. It wouldn't it be weird if you knew all this before you'd won it? No, I didn't know all this before I won it. I read up, I read up you want to know a terrible secret? I read up in the, the night before the awards. Okay. That was the first time I had like really looked into it and, uh, and kind of Googled it and uh, found out that there was like, you know, such a great tradition. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, was reading the, I was reading the internet in the flat I was staying in Edinburgh, just crying, just like... Oh my god! I really, I, I hadn't hoped to win, honestly. And who won? Who was the other winner this year then? Uh, John Kearns won the won the main prize. I won best. So newcomer. you know, well, let's hope that he fails and you're the success. Oh, shut so. up! He won. He won the award that I won last year, which makes it literally impossible for me to win the award next year. Oh, uh, really? It's never happened. Who and who gave you the award? Um, oh, Frank uh, Skinner and Bridget Christie. Right. Wow, that's got 
kind of amazing. Yeah, it was did a lot. Did you uh, have to give an acceptance speech? Uh-huh. Did you think that out, or did you just... No, no, I just vomited words. <laughs> I thanked Alfie Brown, though. I did remember to okay. thank Alfie. I thanked um, some of my friends. Uh, I thanked... Uh, I, I tried not to cry, uh, and very, very visibly... Uh, also, my phone was on vibrate and set to an, a Twitter alert. <laughs> so people were just tweeting... Alex Hellman, so it was exploding in my pocket. So I went, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, my phone is set to vibrate, and it's got a Twitter alert, so it's just blowing up in my pocket. Uh, and it was, and it was, it was the, I mean, it was the, it's weird to stand in a moment and go, oh my God, this is the greatest moment of my life, and have it happen to you yeah. while, while you realize that. Yeah. Because usually you don't, you, you don't. But, um... I mean, look, it's a tremendous vindication. It's the first... T- it removes a little bit of self-doubt, because, you know, as an artist... Yeah, that must of... be an incredible feeling. Yeah. To, to feel like you're going... At least you're not alone in thinking that you're heading down the right path. It doesn't remove the self-doubt. It pushes it out of your head for, like, a week. Mm. And then it's a different kind uh, of self-doubt. Yeah, but at least now, when you're having a shit week, you can go... Oh god, I suck! But then you can go. Oh no, wait, no way! I did get that award. No, so. no, no, no. That's totally and you're good for at least another six months. No, no. The thing that the thing that the award. I feel like what the award does is that you know how like I think any art is like a series of steps. Like you're like what like let's say you're a guitarist. So your first step is, am I good enough to learn how to play this guitar? And yep. then it is, am I good enough to learn how to write a song? And then am I good enough to learn how to perform this? And you move up that staircase until it's am i good enough to do my third platinum selling album am i good enough to do uh you know a live appearance of the oscars it's still a series of steps obviously the first one and the it's like a long staircase between the first and the last step but like so it's just one more thing like when i first started comedy it was like am i good enough to write a joke Mm. am i good enough to perform the joke am i good enough to do three minutes am i good enough to do five am i good enough to do ten and i still have like a bunch of steps that i've kind of like skipped over like Am I good enough to do a late night television set? Am mm. I good enough to do my own Comedy Central special? Am I good enough? Like, so a lot of the, because I've had an unorthodox career path, I guess, like a young American comedian in the UK mm. who's come over here quite a bit and done a thing at a UK festival that's garnered some notice. What's the difference in, since winning that award, what's the disparity in like venue sizes that you do here and you do in America now? I mean, I mean, I don't tour in America. No one tours in America. It's just like young comedians, unless you've done TV, there's just nothing. So like, I have a live, I have a reputation from performing live mm. right now. Like they just announced the BBC radio thing like uh, four days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is the... Radio 4, I'm doing, uh, my show's being adapted for Radio 4, but and besides some guest appearances on things, like some TV stuff for MTV and yeah. some like like guest appearances on Radio 4 stand-up, like, I, my reputation comes from live gigging. Yeah. Mm. So I'm Yeah, but that's, I mean, in a weird way, like... as better, as, I think. I'm a, yeah, as a musician and as a comedian, th- those two careers are similar in that you just have to build it from the road. Like Touring is like... That's it. That's everyone I, I respect tours like a madman. Especially every, as a comic, like, at least, like... I mean, every musician I respect be, tours Comedians like don't really man. sell albums, really. You know, no, we not, don't. It's not a huge, There are three or four guys, market. but that's it. Yeah. No. I just did Edinburgh because I want a poster. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> when, you have, um, when you have success in Edinburgh, it seems to me that with comics, there's a certain divergent path you can take. If you have success, you can 
go on mock the week or you can do the more mainstream thing is that the goal or do you, do people what are the choices there or I haven't really set anything up and gone well this is mainstream so I don't want to do it or this is alternative so I don't want to do it or I want to do it because it's alternative or I want to do it because it's mainstream I just think about is this thing good or is this would this thing be good for me mm. and would it be interesting which is like a really big important thing will it make me a better comic because that's usually like I say it's a long staircase I don't know why I it's not like a favorite analogy of mine I'm just like <laughs> what like, was the length from the first show to that award oh dude that award I was te- my first show was like two weeks before my 15th birthday okay so seven so what's that three years, <laughs> yeah, three years <laughs> about ten years ago now okay Shit. But I was terrible, man. Yeah. It was so bad. I don't think I took it seriously. Yeah, but I've never like heard a comedian 18. ever say, oh, man, my first show. I went up with nothing. Because you don't know you have nothing until you go up there. Then you go, oh, this is bullshit. I mean, for me, it's really, it blows my mind. Is like, because I, if I am singing songs. Yeah. If I want to yeah. say something funny, I can fall back on absolutely song. and that's a, that's such a huge relief for me I was like we can play a song and then I go eh, and then fuck this and then you get you a know, laugh some you musicians are really fucking funny on stage like uh, I heard a great story about Rufus Wainwright playing at uh, Hyde Park mm. it was his first gig ever at Hyde Park it was packed it was obviously he was already famous so there were like tens of thousands of people there and he went wow my first time at Hyde Park uh, yeah I was jog. Do you know this story? No, no, no. So I was jogging. I was fifteen. I was running through here, and a man came out of the bushes and he raped me, and that's how I lost my virginity. But what a comeback! <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. That is good. Which is hilarious. I love those. Those jokes are so much funnier than yeah. than you know just other just fucking jokey jokes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know it's like I saw um, Steve Martin a couple of years ago do it with his bluegrass band. Oh, how was he? He, I mean, he's a phenomenal musician. But that's the thing. It's and like, he's the best. I mean, he's the biggest selling stand of all time, isn't he? He was selling out football stadiums in the 70s. Yeah, he was selling out. Um, he, I, mean, I mean, he was he, the Beatles of comedy. Yeah. It's a, it's a tour, he did a tour called The Beatles of Comedy yeah. with no apparent irony. Yeah, he's, he, and um, do you know what's amazing about the show? It's the only gig I've ever seen people go to the toilet during the songs. Oh, that sucks. Cause that sucks ass. Not to say he's not a fan. Pheno- the band was amazing. and the- Look, he's one of the best bluegrass musicians in the world. Yeah. He's like been recognized with yeah. Grammys. And it was like three minutes of music and then three minutes of comedy just for two hours. And it yeah. was fucking incredible. He did it say one... Uh, the one joke I remember fully from the set was like... Uh, he said... Um, when I was a stand-up in the seventies, it was always a, it was actually not a very nice experience. As successful as I was, it was really lonely being on the road for that long. And he goes, and now, in my later life, I've realised like how important unity is. And like I'm in this band, and after the show, everyone gets on the bus, and they sit down on the bus. We cra- everyone cracks open beers. Everyone like you know teases each other. Everyone reviews the show. Everyone talks about the good bits. Everyone talks about the bad bits. And you know they call me when I'm on the private jet, and we have a, <laughs> like. <laughs> I the funny thing is, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew that that line was coming because just how I know how setups and punchlines mm. go, and I was like, yeah. "Where is?" Because you said beer, so I was like, "Okay." And they and then they poke their head into the back room when they bring me my champagne and let me know what everyone else said. Yeah. Like that's what I thought it was going to be classic. Yeah, but it's so funny. Last that, four words of the gag. Yeah, they call know? me on a private chat. Darren Brown <laughs> told me something really, uh, but like he he once did a show. Am I allowed to acknowledge the, ne- the name drop there? Am I? You know what? To- you know what's funny? Yeah, I was thinking as I said his name, I was like, you know. 
What's hilarious is that I've don't never just heard throw of it him. in like it's I've like... never heard of him before he um, uh, hypnotized be- you, right? <laughs> you. <laughs> before um, I came to the UK. All right, because like we we uh, we just don't know how brilliant he is he's back amazing. home. He's like he's a amazing. fucking god. He's unbelievable. Scary, but, like, amazing. Scary good. Mm. But like he was saying, he went on stage once. Uh, it was a table of people. He was, wasn't just talking to me. But um, he said he went on stage once two hours late because of like they had trouble getting in the venue or something and something. And he went on stage. He said, sorry, but I absolutely refuse to drink warm champagne. And that's all the venue had. And which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and he's like, maybe just see the whole theater just go. <laughs> and it's so funny that. That, like, I think comedians and performers and musicians share, like, a humor ethos. Like, there's a real... I think so. I, you know, I think there's a there's a thing where a lot of comedians want to be musicians and a lot of musicians want to be comedians. I've never wanted to be a musician. Man, I know so, every, most of the stand-ups I know. Want to be fucking rock stars or some yeah, shit like that? Yeah, fuck yeah. And I, like, I, I look at it like I, I envy it so much. Like, the idea that you can... I'd uh, want to be a kind of musician. It's the most. It's the most pure form of being an artist what? to just stand Music? there. No comedy. Stand, uh, to stand, stand on a stage with a mic and just be judged. It's and the just most make, pure you know? form of egotism. Yeah, you stand there with a microphone and everyone looks at you and you talk at them, and it's a, su- supposed to be a dialogue, but it's not a dialogue. And you're on a stage sometimes, and there are lights pointing at you, yeah. and you speak into an amplification system that makes sure that everyone can hear you, no problem. <laughs> yeah. singing songs well, is, I think, <laughs> that's. Ins- I mean, it's insane yeah, but, when you think about it. If aliens came, they would think it's the fucking weirdest shit of all time. It's really strange. no. I think they find it, music weirder. I think they find music weirder. No, they would. Well, because that's if someone who's sat in their bedroom and gone, oh me me and then they've gone on a stage and gone me and then they've gone into a studio and gone oh, me. no but it's still a very communal experience and everyone's reacting viscerally to it in their own way i but think like, i see comedy, comedy that, no you of course not you what react you? on cue no and, i think comedy so. is us providing you with cues to let you know some of the best comedy shows i've been to are ones where i haven't laughed during the show oh well then that's not a comedy show I went, you saw it, mine no, no, clowning no. or some no, bullshit fucking louis ck i was just you so, didn't laugh during louis ck i was no. so amazed really? what are you missing at how incredible he was it was it blew my mind so much you're full of shit the, what, what are you, you talking laugh? about of course i laughed but i wasn't involved over few it. comedians that makes me i've seen so much comedy that now instead of laughing um, which is a shame instead of laughing i just go Hilarious. <laughs> you just see the strings and you just admire the technique. Um, yeah, sometimes I, like, I'm not behind the Matrix 100%. Yeah. Like, I can't just create it well, but, like, sometimes I, I, I see structure and shit. Yeah. So, like, with Louis, Louis I kind of mar- One of my favorite Louis jokes, I don't know if he's done it in a while. I did uh, a show where he dropped... I've done a bunch of shows with him, but never, like, with him. He always just, like, drops in. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool about comedy, by the way, because, like, yeah. I always say, like, Bruce Springsteen doesn't show up at, like, an open mic yeah. in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and it's like... Hey, can I try ten new songs for an hour? <laughs> Is that would blow everyone's fucking mind out their assholes? But like, yep. but like Louis C.K. showed up and he went. Uh, people ask like, what came first, like uh, the chicken or the egg? He's like, of course. He's like, of course it was. Of course it was the egg. You don't just have a chicken. Like, you don't just have a chicken. You just have a chicken there. And you're like, it was an egg. That's what happened. And they're just like, well, where did the egg come from? You're like, fucking. A giant chicken, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant joke with a lot of... <laughs> with a lot of... Uh, look, Stuart Lee said something really interesting in a book. 
uh, there are two thing, two sides of stand up, and it's content and aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And Louis blends his content and aesthetic so perfectly. Like my favorite jokes overlap content and aesthetic. Yeah. Like my, you were talking about Steve Martin. Steve Martin doesn't do stand up anymore. But when he does speeches, sometimes he is absolutely hilarious. The, he he has the best line of any. Is it any the Paul Simon Twain, one? Mark Twain. Ah, it's okay. The, the Paul the Paul Simon ones. When he starts and goes, I could talk about how Paul Simon. He, Paul Simon's being honored. Oh, I love this one. And he, Kennedy Center. Honor. Kennedy Center. I could talk yeah. About Paul Simon's. Do you want to do the joke? Do you know? Yeah, you do. You well, do he it. says something like, uh, "You know, I could come out here tonight and talk about how Paul Simon is a musical genius, how he changed the face of music forever, <laughs> and how his songs have uh, seeped into the way we live our lives." But this seems neither the time nor, nor place. There <laughs> <laughs> it is. Is every year, Washington D.C. becomes a comedy mecca, <laughs> and we all know how funny mecca is. Which is <laughs> <laughs> a real. Which at the time, we were like, "Whoa." For Steve I watched, Martin, it's, it's so watch. weird that he just doesn't do stand up. It's so it's it feels like that's incredible though to go. You know what? Done. I don't. Here, I've, I've reached that. That's what. That's why so many bands don't do. They go. They what do make you mean done. He's clearly not. That's what I mean. It's incredible. I don't blame him. By the way, I think it's an absolutely. I don't begrudge him his personal happiness. What's weird is that when I see him do one of these speeches, and I'm and I, you know, and I'm like a I'm like a. Uh, thirsty man like I can't not like I, I, I'm i like oh another Steve Martin thing like I've seen everything he's done mm. in public that's available on YouTube Yeah, and it's so weird to me to like see someone who's clearly got so much to give but just didn't want to do it anymore and, and, it's, that's, and it's I find that amazing it's hard it's hard as a fan yeah but you know it's what hard though, as like, a fan, this is the it's thing. hard as a fan to go watch like what I mean I watched uh, I've seen Woody Allen play the tuba or <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Like whatever yeah. the fuck he does, he's blues. He's yeah, blues. and it's weird because oboe, no clarinet. He's good, but it's not. But you're watching Woody. It's like watching Barishnikov make grilled cheese. Yeah, you're such a fan of comedy. Oh yeah, like who were the, who was it that was like I want to do that? Brian Regan, who okay. you've never heard of probably, but of he's course the only, I have, You've yeah. heard of him? Of course. Have you heard of him? No. No. He's the only comedian who's unanimous. He was used to be. He became president of America. Very funny. <laughs> Thank you. You piece of shit. <laughs> Brian Regan's this comedian who comedians absolutely love. He's like, imagine if Michael McIntyre got the love from comedians that Stuart Lee gets. Yeah. Like, he's just he's clean. He's perfectly hilarious. His words are like. He is the right word for everything. Economical, very. Right? Oh my god, he's got this great joke. He goes, "I took a speed reading class, and my page count went up to fifty nine pages a minute." 
but my comprehension's plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> the word plummeted is so funny. Like, uh, he did a joke about... Uh, the airplane that landed in the Hudson around that time. Oh, yeah, the miracle on the Hudson. The miracle on the Hudson. And he said, and they cut back to the news anchors, and the news anchors went, could you imagine a better ending to this story? <laughs> He's like, hmm. Landing in Charlotte with luggage and dry socks? And then for about a minute, he goes, squish, 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 squish. And he goes, no, he's like walking around the stage. Squish, 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 squish. And it's just the, where do you come up with that visual? Where do you write that visual? Yeah. That's the guy where I watch it and I laugh my ass off and I marvel at the, because there's nothing show-offy about it. Yeah, it's no. not, I'm not saying Louis show-offy, uh, by the way, but there's nothing... Uh, it's just pure uncut mainlined comedy mm -hmm. and sometimes some people are like a little bit that oh he's a little over the top or like he's very broad or he's super clean which for some reason I guess people use a strike against him but like he's so goddamn hilarious and like he's nice to his like opening acts I've met him a handful of times he's like he's super funny but it's it's hilarious that and he's the only stand up in the states by the way he's famous for just stand up yeah. He's done a few, like, little cameos and stuff, but, like, Seinfeld thinks he's the funniest comedian in the world, yeah. and, like, and, you know, Chris Rock put him in that new Top 5 movie, and, like, he's just so funny. What's it like for you now, like, to enter the kind of, uh, this weird place where you are meeting the people that you really like? Do you know, in the UK, it's a little different, because I don't know some you don't really people. like them. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know... I mean, I didn't know who Darren Brown was until he came to um, came to Simon Amstel's mm. show, and I met him afterwards, and he was really nice, and he came to my show last it's week. It's the guy that wrote uh, Da Vinci Code, right, for the listeners? <laughs> yeah. I don't know who he is. Yeah. yeah. He's a um, really big fan of the Lost <laughs> but, uh But, I mean, I, I don't know his magic. I never, until, until like, uh, or I'd seen one of his specials, maybe, like, a few weeks before. But, so, like, I get excited by, like, weird people, like... I get excited meeting authors. Yeah. I get really nervous around, like, my favorite authors. Uh, I get excited occasionally around, like, uh, uh, some musicians. Mm. But, like, like I'm way more excited to meet... I'd be way more excited to meet, like, Ryan Adams than, like, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, obviously, yeah. like, you meet the... you As a comic, you want the respect to your peers. Yeah. And your favorite people and the people that you idolize and the people that you'll be starstruck by no matter what field they're in are the people who are respected by their peers like I've met scientists where I'm like oh my god you're that guy yeah. mm. I'm like you're economist Amartya Sen <laughs> it's like you like that's the kind of shit that blows you away it's like do you ever do you approach them do you talk to them about them um because I bet sometimes if it's not one of those archetypes yeah some, they're like, what? What some people doing? they're just like how do you know who I am <laughs> Ow. Anyway, should we? Uh, do you want to help us with the letters? Oh yeah, absolutely. You... Yeah. I've been looking for it. I've been wondering when you're when you're okay, gonna pull cool. this up. Okay, so this is a section of the show uh, where. Um... Can I just plug something now? Because people are probably gonna stop listening, right? The <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. um, okay, so this is a section of the show where you can write in any letters, any problems that you have, any sexual things, any relationship stuff. I'm not going to lie, 99% of all the letters we get now are all sex-related. It, it used, to be, it used to be like... Every letter. I, one guy wrote in, and 
we used it used to be like genuine problems that people were having, mm. like family stuff. Are they all sex stuff. All sex stuff. I, I'm afraid I'm not a crazy amount of use to people who Don't have worry about sex that. questions. We'll be fine. Go ahead. We'll survive. The email address is ebp at josh-weller.com. Dear EBP, I'm writing with a problem many people wouldn't see as a problem. Oh, God. I when I mention it to my... It's a girl. When I mention it to my friends, they laugh and tell me I'm lucky. Basically, my boyfriend's penis is too big. All right. Well, you know what? First of all, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Hang on a minute. And I mean... Literally, go fuck and yourself. And I mean huh? too big. Right? <laughs> Um, he's the perfect guy, but sex is horrific. I've started making up excuses when it's time for us to have sex. Please help. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I don't reject- know. I've got no... There's no angle where I can empathize or offer advice. Because um, uh, I don't all- have a massive penis... I don't know what it's like to have sex First with a guy. First of all, that guy pretending to be his girlfriend is really, <laughs> <laughs> is really laying it on thick. That's such a lie. Oh, my God. Why do you think it's a lie? I just don't believe her. Yeah, what's the email address? I, I can't read Don't read it out on the radio. I can't read them out, but it's, it's a girl's email address. All right. Well, this guy went to great lengths. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I, 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 I have a question. Why are all your why? Are, I'm guessing are the next two going to be sex questions too. No, not all of them. No, no, no. One of them's um, in the next letter is going to be like, dear ABP, my penis is too big for my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think first of all, you know, any advice that I give is going to be either totally sexist or yeah. totally patronizing. So I'll just say. Um, Don't worry know, about it. We are gr- always either one of those two things. Grit on your show. teeth and bear it. Yeah. Or no, that's not true either. Just tell him the problem and see and see if you. I don't know. Thumb it in. I've, I've got, <laughs> no. I've got no idea. Go all the way in. Right? Wait, wait. Is it if it's a length problem? Then it's not a problem. If it's a girth problem, then if it's a length problem, have a conversation and go. Hey, you can't put all of yourself in yeah. me because you're destroying. <laughs> you're I think destroying. we need a woman's. <laughs> I think we need a woman's advice. Because I no, I think so you just a, say so you just say to him, "Listen, the problem is when you put yourself all the way in, I can feel it in my throat." <laughs> so, but I sense a lot of exaggeration here, where they're just like, "We're just like my boyfriend's ten inch penis. The problem is he puts all twelve inches of it inside of me, and then the fourteen inches just really kind of oh my god. I just don't like a sixteen inch penis, honestly. <laughs> when he whips it out, it goes." <laughs> <laughs> All right, fucking hell. Uh, my advice is uh, just uh, shit. I don't know. I really don't know. Devise what you have to tell him. Then devise ways of of making it mutually pleasurable. My advice is, dude, stop writing these emails and get over yourself. <laughs> um, uh, this one's titled "Racist Dad." Ugh. Oh, I already like this kid. Dear Excitable Boy, my boyfriend is black and my dad is pretty racist. We've been, <laughs> we've been together nearly a year and it's reached the time where I need to introduce him to my parents. My dad votes UKIP. He's a good dad. I like that they've slid that in there. He was a pretty good dad. Um, but his opinions on foreigners is, shall we say, skewed. What do I do? Uh, first of all, when you introduce him to your dad, make sure you get on video. <laughs> And upload to YouTube and wait for your dad to... Here's what's going to happen. You'll introduce him to your dad and your dad will go, you know, I like him. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> That's what'll happen. That's an amazing thing that, like, I've 
lenient racist, having been mixed race and grown up in a very racist part of the country. So you're all right. I've had that so many times. You know what? Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, all right. Yeah. I've got to say, when I met you, I thought, what's this fucking, you know. Yeah, that happens to me all the time. You fucking Jew. That happens to me all the time. People are like, oh, you're one of the good Jews. But there's not much Jew. There is. In the it's UK? Weird. In the UK? It's super weird. It's because I've never, because it's just not a thing that you hear from most people. But here's what I, like, I was at a table once, and someone someone said to me, like there were it was all a table filled with Jews, and a there was a conversation about when people say to you, "You don't look Jewish," and someone said to me, "Alex, how, do you, are you offended by that?" And I went, "It's literally never happened to me. No one has ever looked at me and gone, you don't look Jewish.'" So like I look Jewish to everyone. I look like a cartoon of a Jew a little bit. I don't think you look... I don't think if I looked at you, I'd think he's Jewish. People all the time, people say things to me like, you know, that, you know, not all not all of you you lot. In uh, England or America? God, swear, mostly Scotland, honestly. Oh, really? I don't, think, I don't think any one group of people are more racist than any other group of people, except for white people. Um, <laughs> but again, white people aren't a race. We're not like one team. It's not like Italians... See Irish people. Like, I always find whenever I tell uh, a joke that's racist, and someone goes, "I've got to say I find that offensive." Oh well, fuck you. I always not, just think you're you. probably no. a bit racist. That's my I, my. That's natu- your reaction. Yeah, my reaction is always like, "Hmm, that's." I wonder if you're a little bit and it's ringing I a bit know. too true. It to doesn't your- matter. It doesn't. Whenever anyone says, "I gotta say I'm offended by that," I I gotta say I don't give a I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I guess so. And that's the thing I find offended. I'm most offended by people that get offended. Stephen Fry's been accredited with this quote, which I don't think is his, but it's certainly his ethos. Which is, people say they're when people say they're offended, they act like it gives them some sort of special rights. Yeah, they got offended by that. Oh, really? Well, what are you going to do about it? Uh, We need to answer this question. I just think introduce them to to your dad dad and go, "Look, dad, you're wrong. Maybe it will change his whole view on." See what happens. But like, this is my boyfriend. He's black. I love him. We he's put his penis in me, yeah. and it is amazing. Lead with his that. ten inch penis. <laughs> Maybe he'll surprise you. Yeah, he'll probably surprise. I'll you. probably surprise you and be like, yeah, whatever. I don't care as long as he has a job. He might say <laughs> yeah. something weird like yeah. that. He might say, There'll "Oh, he's caveats. one of the good ones." <laughs> You'll get a PI to if you're raised around. in that certain generation. You know, I don't. You don't expect much from. Sometimes I meet older people and they say weird shit, and I'm just like, you know what. You're, you're gone soon. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, should Bite we end? Should we end? Should we one. do one more? Yeah. Uh, okay. We got two here. Um, we got one. Someone who wrote in from last week about the public sex, or we got someone who can't stop watching porn. Uh, I mean, I'll sit. I'll sit this out. What do you mean you're gonna sit this out? What, what's wrong with your fucking listeners? Everyone. Everyone just talks about sex now. What do you care about? I asked someone the other day. I was at I was at some dinner thing. It's actually it's not the other day. It's like three weeks ago now. You know, what do you care about? And she went, "I'm really passionate about about fresh vegetables." <laughs> and I was like, "Cause I had actually said she didn't want to tell me." And I went, "There's no wrong answer to this. Just tell me what you care about." And she went, "I'm passionate about fresh ingredients." And I went, "Oh, oh, that's that's the wrong answer." I was like, that's literally the one wrong answer. Yeah, yeah. You, like, you don't care about anything? I was like, mine is social justice. Yeah, Would you yeah. like to try again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, people just... Sit, like, do people just not care about shit anymore? Like, people just care about sex? 
Yeah. Fine. Yeah. The guy who can't stop watching porn. Stop watching porn. Hang on. Wait. Wait. Let me. Let me read him out. Let me read this out before you destroy him. I'm just gonna let you. You said you want to sit this out. I'm gonna let you. I'm not gonna say anything, and I want you to answer it. Yeah. Just you. We, can we just describe Alex's um, body language. When we were talking about comedy, you were totally engaged, leaning into the mic. Now you're leaning away with your legs crossed, away from the microphone, like you're on a date, and she said something racist. Basically. <laughs> Look, I think that the. I think that porn is really, really harmful. Pete Holmes is a really good U.S. comic. I saw him do a show a few, uh, right around Thanksgiving in November, and he pointed out that less and less, the average age for people getting Cialis is like 28, 28. What's Cialis? It's, a, it's like Viagra. Oh, okay. And it blows my mind because like erectile, like that's something that, like erectile dysfunction is now like a new thing. Yeah. Because, because we're just like porn is advanced past sex now. Yeah. So like it's unhealthy. The problem is like I like we all have things that like turn turn us on, right? Like I'm I, I think I'm probably pretty vanilla. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like lay it out, but like I don't watch porn because the like it doesn't feel authentic to me. Yeah. It feels like like the acting is so bad, basically. <laughs> Yeah. But so like I when people say like, Oh, I'm addicted to porn, I always go like, You're not a bad person. You just have way better imagination than I do. Like you like, just really you really buy, not, you really buy this as sex? You really buy it as like she she you know, this this happens. You think you're really getting an insight that. into the fact the popularity of porn astounds me. Because like there's no, I, I don't understand people go like, oh yeah, that's a person I have, because like it's not just like a biological reaction. There's like, there's some mental, there's a mental and and psychological part to it too. That's just like, the answer is to this question. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. The answer. No, is no, no, no I get question, it. No, it's the context. Always context. Like you have no con. Like you're addicted to. Are you just addicted to like, like, like intercourse? Like just the like no, watching the why... action of intercourse. Like that's the thing that that gets you. Like. You don't see the act itself as like something incredibly sexy. When the um when all those celebrity iCloud pictures got leaked, the reason that they're so popular is like I mean it's it's context. It's because you feel like you know that person, and oh my yeah. god, suddenly you can see them naked. It's not it's not because like oh someone's boobs are on the internet. That's not a story. I didn't look at any of those uh, pictures. I was too busy um, seeding them and selling them. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's wrap it yeah. up. All right. Um, uh, for the answer to your question, dude, is try to go a week without looking at porn. And if you're like, I can't stop looking at porn. Uh, well, then, I guess you're just going to drown in your own jizz one day, and that'll be the last we hear of you. But. I think ditch your internet connection for a week. Uh, you'll, you'll fucking get a phone and go somewhere. It's a real addiction. It's a real addiction, but people kick addictions. You're gonna have to face it, you're addicted to... There we go. Yeah, pornography. Porn. <laughs> You're gonna have to face it. You're addicted to graphic images of other people <laughs> having sex. That's it for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. Everyone, go see Alex Edelman's show at the Soho Theatre. Actually, the run is sold out. Uh, I've got a website, which is alexedelmancomedy.com, and I've got a work-in-progress gig coming up at the Pleasance on the 8th. And I've got a uh, Radio 4 special recording on the 11th. So You're going to be touring again later this year as well. Yeah, I'll be right? touring. And so if you like me, I don't know. If you like me, you're a bad human being. But uh, tweet at me. I'm Alex underscore Edelman. 
And uh, if you don't like me, my name is Alfie Brown. And <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, dude, thank you so much for Thanks coming for on the show. Me. No, this it's just fun. nice. It's really fucking fun. Thank you for listening, guys. Join us next week for more nothing. And uh, again, Alex, thank you so much for coming Thanks, on the show. Guys. Everyone, check him out. Much. You're gonna, it's you're gonna fucking kill it this year. And Thanks, um, man. Uh, Appreciate it. So you know, everyone, uh, this is. In, in years from now people will be listening to this podcast this one, this going one. oh my god why did he do that show why yeah. did he say the n-word so many times yeah. this this podcast by the way officially ruins my chances of ever being president of the United States <laughs> alright All right, okay. thank you for listening guys take care see you guys bye, bye. imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.